Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 355 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Unpopular Podcast, I'm not really asking you to agree with me. I'm asking you to hear me out. So for this episode, I'm going to continue my divisional breakdown. I broke down the NFC North. I broke down the NFC South. And today, I'm going to tackle the NFC West. The NFC West is fascinating. And what I mean by fascinating is there's a bunch. There every team you look at in this division has a path of being good outside of possibly one, but we'll talk about that has a pathway of being good and a pathway of surprising a lot of people. But a lot of, a a, a lot of the history, well, I mean, how do I, how do I put this? The history of this division and just how we view this division is starting to skew a little bit. And let me let me let me explain that further. And the only way that I can explain that is to talk about the teams. The first team I want to talk about is the 49ers. To me the 49ers is one of the more frustrating teams to talk about. And when I say frustrating, there should be everyone knows every single year the 49ers are one of those teams that had that always has a shot of not only making noise in the NFC but winning the NFC in general honestly winning a Super Bowl they have every year man year after year after year the 49ers are one of those teams that we say has the best roster in football and this is Yet another year. I mean, again, you have Nick Bosa, you have uh, Armstead, you have uh, Christian McCaffrey now, you have Debo Samuels, you have George Kittle, you have Brandon Ayuk. There are so many good players on this team. Fred Warner, that could he could possibly be one of, if not the best defensive player in the league right now. And why I said this is the one of the more frustrating teams and I talked about this a little bit with the when I was talking about the NFC um and I was talking about the NFC South and I was talking about how most of those teams are really good it just depends on the quarterback well that is obviously true and 100,000% more true for the 49ers than it is for damn near any team in the NFL. And this is what I mean by that. Let's look at some of the top or let's let's name some of the top quarterbacks in the league. You know, let's name Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback for the 49ers, do you think that they would be Super Bowl contenders? To me, the answer is no. I don't think they'd be Super Bowl contenders. I think they'd be Super Bowl winners, like prohibited favorites. Same thing if Lamar Jackson was the quarterback. Same thing if is oh same thing if Joe Burrow was the quarterback. Same thing if Josh Josh Allen. In fact, this team is so good, and we've seen it. We're going to talk about Brock Purdy and and Trey Lance in a second, but we've seen it. I don't even think you have to be a top tier quarterback to turn this team into a contender you just have to be a serviceable quarterback you see Kyle Shanahan has emerged as one of the best 
not emerged. He's proven to be one of the best quarter or coaches in in the NFL, especially when you talk about uh, you know his offensive scheme and how he's able to just build a team and how he's able to to some of the play calls and some of the offensive creativity that he has is is second to none in in football. And this is this is yet another year where. We look at the NFC, and and yes, this year the NFC is is weaker than most. You have you know the top team, in my opinion, and we haven't talked about them yet. But the top team, in my opinion, the NFC, and and is is by a wide margin, is the Eagles. Of course, I'll talk about that more uh, probably next episode when I break down the NFC East. But. You have the Eagles, and then out, outside of that, you have teams that, to me, are not on the same level as the Eagles, but could make noise as well. Like, you have the Cowboys, you have the 49ers. It's just, it, it, let's talk about the quarterbacks. So last year was a was a interesting year for the 49ers. You, you have Jimmy Garoppolo. You go into the season with Trey Lance being your starter. He gets hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. He's the quarterback for most of the season. He ends up getting hurt. And then you have Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy, who, of course, is is labeled Mr. Irrelevant for people that don't know. He was the last pick of the draft. Usually when you're the last pick of the draft, you don't amount to much. It's just a pick. And that's usually no offense to everyone that gets drafted deserves to be drafted, whether you're number one, whether you're the last pick. But the last pick is called Mr. Relevant because more than likely they may not even make a roster. They if they do make a roster, they're not that they're never really that important, you know. Uh, but Brock Purdy comes in and he goes eight. and zero. one of the, one of the greatest runs from a from a last pick in the NFL draft we've ever seen and that got people's buzz that got people's attention and a lot of people including myself now don't get me wrong I'm not I understand people are always going to say I have a bias towards any team that's going against NFC team NFC East teams because I'm a commanders fan I'm from the Maryland area hell I grew up pretty much 10 minutes away from this from FedEx field. I get it. But no, when you looked at just the teams and I understand that last year, the Eagles had an historic defense. But if you look at the teams last year, I had the 49ers beating the Eagles to make it to the Super Bowl. Just that team was stacked. It was to me, it was battle of the quarterbacks. And at that time, Jalen Hurts wasn't really looking good. But. Brock Purdy gets hurt. I think James Jones or James Johnson or or yeah, John Johnson or something, he gets hurt. The, at the at, there was a point where Christian McCaffrey, who was their running back, had to play quarterback. And of course, ultimately the Eagles won. But that is where that is that is where the question lies, in my opinion, for the for the uh 49ers. They mark every single box, every single box. Running back, offensive line, defensive line, defensive, uh, uh, the, the secondary, the coaching. They mark every, the ownership. 
John Lynch and the ownership, they mark every single box outside of quarterback. And I know people are going to say, well, Jay, Brock Purdy, who also was hurt and he, he, he had offseason surgery, he should be ready to, to start, of course, week one. But, Jay, they had Brock Purdy, and Brock Purdy went 8-0. Let me explain something to you. And, and, and don't get me wrong. This is I'm not taking away anything from Brock Purdy. I'm not taking away from from any player. But one of the biggest reasons why you're able to go 8 and 0 is because there's no tape on you. There's no, no one expects you to be good. Uh Now, yes, I I understand that if you're an NFL player, it's 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 not it's not that simple. Not everyone can go 8 and 0. But I'm gonna. I, I'm giving credit to the NFL. I'm giving credit to players. Yo, they, the good players, the good teams, they have hours and hours upon tape, upon research, upon schemes, how to scheme against a team. And when you have absolutely no tape, when you have absolutely no film, it's like, how are they going to know what you're going to do? How are they going to know how good you are? And I also attribute a lot of that eight no to just how good this entire team is in the 49ers. Some of that was Brock Purdy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking any credit from Brock Purdy, but I'm just saying what it is. It's very it's hard to scheme against a quarterback that does have talent. Nobody is saying that Brock Purdy doesn't have talent, but it's hard to scheme against a quarterback when you don't know the quarterback strength, the quarterback weaknesses. And at that point, now you're starting to build film. I say all that to say this. I think this year we're going to see the real Brock Purdy. Hopefully he stays hurt. I mean, injured. I mean, hopefully he does not get injured. Knock on wood. Hopefully he stays healthy throughout the entire season. But we're going to see the real Brock Purdy. Now people have film on him. Now people know just what his tendencies are. Now people know what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are. We're going to see the real Brock Purdy. Maybe the real Brock Purdy was the 8-0 and what and is could be considered one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not that good at all. It's just now that you have a defense that's scheming against you, now you can't get off some of the things that you get off. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. I believe it's somewhere in the middle. I don't believe that Brock Purdy is going to go undefeated. I also don't think that Brock Purdy is going to uh, just be god-awful. I think this team is too good for your quarterback to be awful. But I think there's going to be somewhere in the middle. And then it gets me to the rest of the quarterback quarterback uh, of room. You have Trey Lance. You have Sam Darnold. And kind of like the Green Bay Packers, uh, the Green Bay Packers camp, you're hearing a lot of conflicting stories about all three quarterbacks. Not as much with Brock Purdy, but you're hearing a lot with Trey Lance. You're hearing a lot with Sam Darnold. You're hearing that Sam Darnold is, is has has emerged as as are possibly the top player or the top quarterback, which is is definitely. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you something. The Forty ers gave up a lot to get Trey Lance. 
They gave up draft picks. They 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 gave up a lot. They bargained or they sacrificed their immediate future for the long, for for the possibility of getting a player like Trey Lance. And as we look now, it doesn't look like it's paying off. In fact, it looks like a bad investment. I don't know the trajectory of a player's career. People can change. I mean, we're going to talk about a player in Geno Smith in a second. Uh, just how you, how you start your career doesn't mean it's going to to finish that way. It doesn't mean that if you start off rocky, doesn't mean your whole career is going to be rocky. If you start off successful, doesn't mean your whole career is going to be su- successful. But what I'm saying is this. It is looking more every, more and more reports come out every day. You're seeing Sam Darnold every day. You're hearing about Brock Purdy It's looking more and more like Trey Lance. I'm not going to say as a bust. I'm not going to say as a dud. I'm not going to disrespect his career like that, but it's looking more and more like a bad investment. Because if you can't beat out Sam Darnold now, yes, I understand that I was somebody that was standing on the table hard for uh, Sam Darnold. I don't, I thought I was one of those people that thought that because he was in a poor organization like the like the Jets, it, it, he just needed a fresh start. And then I saw what he looked like. <laughs> then I saw what he looked like in Carolina. I was like, ah, maybe not, maybe not. But you were you. <laughs> it shouldn't be that much of a quarterback battle. Let me say that. I understand that Sam Darnold was also a high draft pick, but it should not be uh, uh, that much of a quarterback battle. If you are, if Trey Lance is the person that they arguably sacrificed their future for. And like I said before with Brock Purdy, when you have a roster this loaded, when you have a roster this good, it it's 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 that it's that much of a cheat code because when you get drafted right when you get drafted in the league especially high when look, look at C.J. Stroud we just saw a, a the we just saw the 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 preseason game C.J. Stroud look look bad well he looked like a rookie quarterback that played his first football or uh, NFL football game. But what I'm saying is when you look at CJ, when you look at some of the the, the, the top quarterbacks, right, usually they get drafted to a, to a terrible organization because the, the organization was that bad. That's where they land in the draft. Trey Lance had such a cheat code getting drafted to the 49ers. Again, I've said your top three players – are pretty much Hall or future Hall of Famers. And that's just your top three. You have so much talent littered throughout this entire roster. You have a, you ha, not only do you have a number one wide receiver in Debo Samuels, you have a number one running back in Christian McCaffrey. You have a, a, a arguably one of the top, probably two or three top tight ends in the league and George Kittle you have one of the best offensive coaches you have one of the best offensive lines and all I've heard out of camp is Trey Lance is struggling I understand you're young I get that 
I understand this is what his third season, the first season. He missed, I think, the entirety of the season because he was hurt. So I get, I get it, and, I, and and like I stated before, I feel like I'm on like a, a rant. I'm not trying to be, bro. I'm just, I'm stating the facts, and the facts are, it's right now. It's looking like a, Trey Lance has been a. It looks like Trey Lance has been a bad investment for the, for the um, for the Forty ers and I don't know how that's going to fare for his entire career. Because, again, I'm not the only one that knows that he was a, what, third overall pick. I'm not the only one that saw that. So did the league. And the league, also people also understand how good this 49ers team is. And if you can't, as a third overall pick, if you can't make it with this roster and lose out, your position to a player that was drafted last in the draft and to a player that hasn't worked in two different organizations. It's it's t- it's going to be tough sledding moving forward. I understand that when you when you're a top draft pick, you're going to get chance after chance after chance. Hell, look at look at a uh, Baker Mayfield. You think if Baker Mayfield wasn't the number one overall pick, he continued to get these chances? No. I don't think Trey Lance, and don't get me wrong, I don't think his career is over in in any. I don't in any form of the imagination. I don't think his his career is done. But I think that it is very telling when you're in a legit quarterback battle, and honestly, you're not even you're not even. I don't think you're second. I think right now Brock Purdy is number one and Sam Darnold's number two if you just go by the reports that are coming out of camp. I will say this. And this is the last thing I'll say on the 49ers before I move on. This 49ers team is good enough to not only win the NFC, this 49ers team as a whole is good enough to win a Super Bowl. And I talked about this a lot, like I said, with the NFC South. The 49ers is the pure definition of you're only as good as your quarterback. Because for years now, the 49ers have been the best team or had arguably the best roster in football. And four years now, they have n- that hasn't really equated to anything. I know they went to a Super Bowl. I know they went to the NFC Championship last year, but they have nothing to show for it. One of the best rosters, arguably one of the be- two of the best defensive players in the league, arguably one of the, or if not the best running back in the league, top three tight end at, in the league, and. You have nothing to show for it. I think that this is going to be a up and down year for this team. Not because of just the talent that they have, but because now teams have uh, now teams have tape on Brock Purdy. And now teams are able to scheme for Brock Purdy. 
And on top of that, I'm really interested to see not just this year, but moving forward, how Trey Lance's career pans out. Because it's really telling and it's saying something. I think it's going to be very hard moving forward when you can't beat out when you're a third overall pick. Let me let me I can't let y'all forget that a third overall pick that can't beat out Mr. Irrelevant and Sam Darnold. And while, yes, I understand Sam Darnold was a top draft pick, he also failed at two different teams. So, the 49ers is the pure definition of you're only as good as your quarterback. Because if it, if it, if, if the quarterback didn't matter as much, this team would probably be Super Bowl champions at least once or twice in the last few years. Speaking of Super Bowl champions in the last few years, let me talk about the, the Rams and why I'm not upset with the Rams. You shouldn't be upset with the Rams. The Rams, you don't see this that much in sports. The Rams is a is an interesting team. And, and what I say is you don't see – the type of team that you don't see that much in sports is the team that usually goes for it for one year and actually gets it. You see, uh, it's, it's very uh, – it takes a lot. Football is hard. Sports is hard. You see that a lot in basketball, too. A team that will be formed – uh, hell, the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. That team wasn't built for to, to be, they thought, of course, you can market it as that. But that team was not built to be good for years to come. That team was built to win a championship in the immediate. Ultimately, obviously, it didn't happen. You saw that also, I think it was the 2004 Lakers. You had Shaq, Kobe, uh, Gary Payton, Carl Malone. Obviously, Gary Payton, Carl Malone, they were at the end of their primes. But you, you didn't you didn't get them to win a championship for years to come. You got them to win a championship that year. It's very it's very rare that you see a team go all in for one year and actually win it. Even in football, a lot of the teams that won outside of maybe the Eagles, but the Eagles, they were not good just because their quarterback wasn't that good in, in Carson Wentz moving forward. But they even got back to relevancy and, of course, went to the Super Bowl last year. It's very – I don't know how to – I don't know how to predict the Los Angeles Rams because this team looks drastically different from the team that won a Super Bowl, obviously. I mean, there's a lot of players that were on that Super Bowl team. Uh, what? 
Odell Beckham Jr., Von Miller. Like, there's a lot of players that were on the Super Bowl team that's not on this team. There's a lot of turnover or, like, there's a lot of people that's not on this team uh, that was on this team for the Super Bowl. Now, of course, you have, like, the four mainstays, right? The, The four players that obviously have stayed, and that's Cam Akers, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Darnold. Now, Aaron Donald, he's to, uh, he's not in his prime. Let's say that. Let me let's be completely honest. Aaron Donald is not Aaron Donald is not in his prime anymore. However, he still should be considered one of, if not the best defensive player in football. I understand he had he had what an ankle injury last year. I, I we need to see him get back to 100%. He's saying that he's in the best health that he's ever been in. Um, I'm expecting a big year from Aaron Donald, and I'm expecting a big year from from a player that a lot of people argue, is he the best defensive player ever? That's how good Aaron Donald has been. Of course, you have Cooper Cup. I know he got hurt last year as well, but he is one of the best wide receivers in football that's just that's just how it is his route running his 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 dependability as far as catching the ball he doesn't drop the ball a lot Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup and of course we have Matthew Stafford Matthew Stafford uh we know the numbers that he put up in Detroit even though it didn't amount much to winning we know how integral he was not only to Detroit, but to Calvin Johnson's career and Calvin Johnson's numbers and vice versa. Let's not get it twisted. Calvin Johnson definitely helped uh, Matthew Stafford a lot. And the the first year that Matthew Stafford goes to the Rams, they ultimately win it. You have Sean McVay, you know, the, the, the young offensive-minded coach. And, of course, you have Cam Akers, who... While he didn't have the greatest, he hasn't had the greatest run of it since the Super Bowl. He still, he still has flashes of a very good running back. But outside of that, what four or five? It's it's it doesn't look beautiful for this team. And on top of that, age is starting to factor in. Matthew Stafford's getting older. Even though Cooper Cup is still young, he's getting older. Aaron Donald is getting old. Aaron Donald. Why do I keep saying Donald? Aaron Donald is getting older. It. I don't. I don't know. I don't have much expectations for this team. Let's. Let me just. Let me just be honest with you. Yeah, you have Tyler Higby. He was on the Super Bowl team, but he's he's really hit or miss. Um. John Johnson the third, shouts out to him. He's from the crib, but they just re-signed him. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't have much. I will say this: you have pillars at all the positions that you need pillars on, outside of possibly the offensive line. You have, of course, the quarterback, and we've seen Matthew Stafford at his best. Matthew Stafford at his best, obviously, is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You have a pillar at the at the at the wide receiver position. You have Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was 
what one of, if not the best wide receiver just two years ago. You have Aaron Donald, who will go down as arguably the greatest defensive player ever and can still have a case to be the best defensive player in football. And, of course, you have Cam Akers, who, what, three years in? We'll see. But outside of that, this team, the Rams spent most of their capital on that championship. And for people that's that's saying that's that's what the goal was. And we knew this was gonna happen. We knew if you won the championship and honestly wasn't able to retain a lot of those players, you weren't able to retain Von Miller, you weren't able to retain Odell Beckham Jr. We knew that it was gonna look very different than it it, it has been. And a team that a team that's not built for longevity has a a, a point where at at some point the train is going to stop. And the Rams built a team for the train to stop after one year. Now, no, I'm not saying that the Rams don't have a shot to win. But what I'm saying is, the Rams, it feels like the Rams are going to look eerily similar to what they've looked like for for the last few years now outside of the Super Bowl team, and that is an incredible defensive player, uh, and Aaron Donald putting up big numbers, showing the world why he's one of the best, if not the best players in football. And then on top of that, Nothing much else. I mean, yeah, and that's no disrespect to Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford is going to be good. But the offensive line is still a huge problem. And outside of outside of Cooper Cup, you don't have another reliable wide receiver, nor do you have really another reliable target. Because, again, you have Tyler Higby. But Tyler Higby is very hot and cold. And when I look at the Rams' schedule, um. Week one, like I said, out the gate, you go up. This, uh, you're at Seattle. Then you have the 49ers. You have to go against Cincinnati this year. You have to go against the Eagles this year. You have to go against the Steelers this year. You have to go against the Cowboys this year. You have to go against Baltimore in week four at Baltimore. Why is that a 10 a.m. game? Why is that a 10 a.m. game? Oh, never mind. Yeah, you got to go at Baltimore. It says uh, Pacific Standard Time. So I don't. It's it, you. You're going against. And I didn't just single out those teams outside of maybe the Seahawks. All those teams have solid defenses. Hell, the Colts. We'll see what the Cowboys are like. It's the Browns possibly. It's gonna be tough, man. And while I, I again, you have solid players, you have what three, two or three, four or five solid players. I don't know. I don't think that's especially when you look at or compare the the Rams to a team like the Forty ers The only thing that to me the Rams have better than the Forty ers outside of Aaron Donald is the quarterback position. I trust Matthew Stafford more than I trust Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, or Sam Donald. Oh, and Cooper Cup. But 
But you can debate who's better right now between Cooper Cup and, and, and Debo Samuels. And the 49ers also have Brandon Ayuk. So I, I trust the wide receiver core for the 49ers more than I trust the core for the Rams. I'm not trying to crap on the Rams, man. I know it sounds like I am, but I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to put things into reality. Hell, Sonny Michelle, Sonny Michelle, he just retired at like t- age 25 or 26 or something. And there's not much household names. I mean, you have Zach Thomas, but there's not much household names on this team. There's not, there's outside of the names we've, we've said, there's not any names that is just pop out like, oh yeah, that, that they're going to be a contributing factor to why this team can, can move forward or why this team is, is good enough to win the NFC what west i don't i don't see that i don't think this team is that much good at all honestly outside of those few names now yes those are historic aaron donald is a historic name but what is that really getting you right now again i think that this rams team is going to look a lot like the rams that we've seen really good or has a really good aaron donald's going to show out aaron donald's going to be great Matthew Stafford might win them a couple games. But Matthew Stafford isn't at the age where he can overcome a bad offensive line. And that wide receiver core isn't good enough to overcome um to overcome a a poor offensive line. That's one thing about the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals have never really had an offensive, a really good offensive line for Joe Burrow. And yes, while Joe Burrow's injury can be contribute or can be connected to the offensive line, one of the reasons why they've been successful is because of that wide receiver core. And because Joe Burrow is so good, and because that wide receiver core, when you have Jamar Chase, uh, when you have T. Higgins, and you have Tyler Boyd. There, that wide receiver core is good enough, and those though offensive skill sets are good enough to at least overcome a poor offensive line to a certain point. And I don't think the Rams are are are, are in that same conversation at all. They have one reliable offensive weapon outside of the quarterback position. That's Cooper Cup. So. I don't expect much um, from this Rams team. But I don't think they're upset with that. Because, again, they built this team for the, the immediate present, which was a couple years ago. They wanted to capitalize and they wanted to cash out. They, they put all their chips in the middle of the table. All of them for that Super Bowl a couple years ago. And it it paid off. They got that Super Bowl. And I think this team knew, and you knew when you looked at that team, this team would look drastically different just the, the, the next year or or two, three years from now. And now you and and they 
the team pretty much had the mantra, we'll deal with it when we need to deal with it. Well, the, the <laughs> it's it's happening. And we'll see, we'll see what happens, man. We talked about I'll also say why we I said that the NFC West was one of the more fascinating, one of the most fascinating divisions in football. And last year, one of the biggest storylines in football, one of the biggest surprises in football was the Seattle Seahawks. Not because of, you know, the mainstays. We we know who Pete Carroll is. We know who Tyler Lockett is. We know DK Metcalf, you know. The team was so shocking and, and one of the more pleasant surprises in football because of the fact that you give up when you give up a star player. I think this is one of the first times in sports history, not ever. One of I'm not saying is the only time, but this is one of the first times in recent memory in sports history where the team that gives up the star is immediately better. I'm not saying that in the in years to come they won't be better. I mean immediately better. I don't know the last time in sports history where that has happened. Where the team that gives up the star player is immediately better. That's what we saw last year with the Seahawks. Hell, we talk Trey Lance should look at the look at the the story arc, let's say. The story arc for uh, of Geno Smith. Geno Smith was one foot out the league. Geno Smith did not work anywhere he was. Geno Smith was was borderline I'm not going to say awful but he was he was not that good in the NFL at all. And Geno Smith is a perfect example and a perfect catalyst to the phrase fit matters. Cuz who would have thought that the same Geno Smith that was that was nine toes out the door in in New York was a was a bona fide backup quarterback and really wasn't even flourishing in the backup role. Who thought that that player would emerge and be the the heart and soul of this Seattle Seahawks team last year? A team that went to the playoffs, a team that hell, Geno Smith won the the comeback player of the year. Because of that, oh damn! It's cr- I don't now. I think this team. I don't think that this team is good as the 49ers at all. So let's let's not get that. Com- let's not get that confused. Let's not get that twisted. I don't think that the this team is on the same level as the 49ers. But. Last year made me a believer and turned my turned my expectations completely around about Geno Smith and this team. I think with Geno Smith at, uh, B, 
being the leader of this team, this team is good enough to make a lot of noise. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good pieces. Jamal Jamal Adams was injured last year. He's back. Like I said, you have you still have Tyler Tyler Lockett. You still have DK Metcalf. Two, you can argue that's a top wide receiver core. You have Devin Bush uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think, Bob, if I'm not mistaken, Bobby Wagner came back. Um, it's you have there's a lot of good, a lot of a lot of good that you 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 like to see with this team. And again, I don't think that it's as good, obviously, as the the um the the 49ers but I think that this team is good. Jarek Reed is good. Jaren Reed is good. Like you you have Jackson Smith Nabaji from Ohio State. I know he's a rookie, but I think that that just adds to that wide receiver core. This team Kenneth Walker the 3rd who I think finished second or third in rook, uh, offensive rookie of the year voting. This is going to be a very good team. And I think you are in in team sports, man. You you go How do I say this? In team sports, the you adapt the personality of your best players and your in your leader. And your best player doesn't ultimate, ultimately mean they're the leader of the team, i.e. Kevin Durant. I don't think Kevin Durant has really ever been the leader of a team outside of OKC. But nobody questions how good Kevin Durant is. Nobody questions that every single team he's been on, he's pretty much been the best player. Maybe not the leader, but the best player. I don't, Geno Smith, I mean, you're in a, again, you're in a, you're on a football team that has DK Metcalf, that has Bobby Wagner, that when healthy has Jamal Adams, that has Kenneth Walker III. You're not the most talented player, but there is something to be said where when you give up Russell Wilson, you expect a complete reset by the organization. And that didn't happen. In fact, the team that has Russell Wilson was much worse than the team that gave up Russell Wilson. Mind you, the play, the two players, the two meaning, meaningful players that they got outside of uh, Noah Brown was Geno Smith and Drew Locke. And I, I don't, I don't like bringing it up, but it is true. That Drew Locke's career highlight starts and ends with him lip syncing to Young Jeezy on the bench. Again, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't think this team is good enough to win the division. But I will say that this team can win the division behind Geno Smith at, at their quarterback position. I know that sounds weird, 
And I say I don't think they they're going to because again, I just I look at the entire roster for the 49ers and while I think that you definitely need good quarterback play to win the Super Bowl, I don't think you need great quarterback play to win the division when you have a team as good as the 49ers. But what I will say is to me Geno Smith has proven to be the best quarterback current best quarterback in this division and to me it's an argument between him and Matthew Stafford. I know Matthew Stafford has a Super Bowl but Matthew Stafford was hurt most of last year so we'll see what he looks like. But Geno Smith has emerged as arguably the best quarterback in this division. We will talk about the Cardinals in a second. But in week one (laughs) I think that the Seahawks have the best quarterback in the division. Until proven otherwise. And because of that, I think that they have a shot to win this win the division. I don't know if they're going to, but I think they have a shot. And even if they don't win the division, I think this team is at least good enough to make the playoffs. For sure. For sure. If something doesn't happen, if something doesn't if they don't make the playoffs, then something has drastically gone wrong. I mean, you have DJ Dallas at the running back position. Quandre Diggs, who's one of the better free safeties in the league. Will Disley, one of the better tight ends in the league. This 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 squad, they have a squad. They have a squad, man. Oh, I'm sorry, not Noah Brown, Noah Fant. I apologize for messing your name up earlier. It's Noah Fant, not Noah Brown. So, like I said, man, I, I, I don't... I think that... The Seahawks is going to is going to have a very interesting year, and I think they're going to have a really good year. I think that Geno Smith has found a home. He's found a a coach in in, in Pete Carroll that is perfect for him. A coaching staff that is coach perfect for him. While yes, some of the issues that this team has had for a while now, i.e., the offensive line. That is still prevalent, maybe not as much as it was with Russell Wilson, but the issues that this team has, I mean, their defense is still, they have names, but their defense as a whole is still a little sketchy. But you have Geno Smith, and even even with all that issue, all that issue last year, they were good enough to make the playoffs, and I think that they are are they're probably good enough to make the playoffs again. And I think that, especially in the NFC, I think they're to make the playoffs. Now we got to talk about it. We have to discuss it. How do I approach this, man? The Arizona Cardinals has had arguably the worst offseason of all the teams in, in the NFL. Arguably the worst. I mean, where do you start? (laughs) You can start with the whole contract situation and the whole, the, the, the Kyler Murray 
contract situation with the verbiage and and the wording in the contract that pretty much allude to the fact that he doesn't take week to week preparation seriously when you have to put wordage telling him he needs x amount of hours to devote to studying and that big fiasco You can talk about Buda Baker and how Buda Baker, safety, arguably your best player, um, demanding a trade because he just doesn't like what's going on in the organization. Well, yes, he wasn't your best player, but one of your leaders in J.J. Watt retires. And when you look at this team, man, this is this team. Then you have the debacle of the new uh, jersey reveal and how bad that went. It's it's hard to wrap your wrap your mind around this team and come up with something positive I mean you're good. Kyler Murray because he tore his ACL at the end of the season he's going to miss majority of this season Zach Ertz is going to miss a lot of the season Marlon Mack is on injuries I think he just got hurt yeah, he just tore his ACL in practice or something like that. So I will hope for a speedy recovery. Who is your quarterback? Right now, your quarterback is, is it, is it? Yeah, Colt McCoy, who is a career backup. University of Texas, right? Yeah, a career backup. He was, and I know how good, or let me say this. I know the ceiling that, uh. Colt McCoy has because he was the quarterback for Washington for a couple games. Boy, there is not much. I mean, you have some names. Like I said, Buda Baker, he didn't get traded. He's he's still on the team. Um you still have uh you still have Marquise Brown. You still have James Connor. Uh, and ha- and he had an incredible year for them. What a year or two ago. It it's slim pickings, man, on this team. You have I think you said I have Isaiah. Uh, oh, what's his name again? I know. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, Isaiah Simmons. Whew. That might be it, man. And, and and no offense to any of these players, obviously, but this team, there's a reason why when you when you see almost every projection that comes out for next year, there's a reason why this team, the Cardinals, is arguably or pretty much one of the worst teams in every, if not the worst team in every single power ranking. And I also want to talk about 
Kyler Murray for a second. And talk about leadership. Because I think it's crazy. Also telling, but crazy. That a player at the quarterback position that has the talent that Kyler Murray has is is isn't really considered one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Kyler Murray has the talent to be a top tier quarterback. And we've seen flashes of it. I mean, there was a there was a moment or there was a point where the Cardinals were one of the best teams in football. I think what the year that they lost to the 40 or to the Rams, I think it was the first game that team. A lot of people projected to at least make it to a Super Bowl. And year after year after year, the team has an incredible start to the season. Like. Looks like world beaters, one of the best teams in football. That it usually happens with Kyler Murray, one of the best starts. And then towards the halfway point, it starts teetering. And then towards the end of the season, it just craters. Now, obviously, Cliff Kingsbury's not there anymore, so that excuse is out the out the door. But even with Cliff Kingsbury not being there anymore. And Jonathan Gannon being your coach. There's a reason why. And and I think it's messy and I credit I discredit the organization for this information coming out. But there's a reason why the organization felt the need to have to put the wording that you, Kyla Murray, has to study. They had to put that in a contract. I talked about this when it happened. That is telling, not just for the organization, but for Kyler Murray. It doesn't seem like, again, I don't know. These are just reports. I don't. uh, This is from an outside person or outside point of view. I don't have any insiders. I mean, this is just what I'm what what. The, the information that has been released, this is the this is the thoughts that I'm gathering. It doesn't seem like there's much leadership on this team. Or there's much respected leadership on this team. And when you have a player as good as Kyler Murray and the quarterback. That shouldn't be the case. I'm not saying that having leadership would just ultimately change the fortune of the team and the team is just going to be world beaters or whatever. But a team, and I also understand that a lot of reasons why the projections are so bad for the Cardinals is because Kyler Murray is going to miss majority of the season. But there hasn't been much positive stories coming out of Arizona, in in particular, stories about Kyler Murray. 
for a while now. And none of those stories are about his talent. Most, if not all, of those stories are about his leadership, are about his lack of leadership or his lack of accountability, his lack of preparation. And most of those stories you can kind of see on the field. We talked about Brock Purdy and we talked about how it's very hard to scheme around a player when you don't have any film because it's like you don't know what's going on. And well, yes, I do think that a lot of the reason why the offense stalled towards the end of every season for the Cardinals, a lot of that was the lack of adaptability and the lack of change from Cliff Kingsbury. But there's also a reason why Kyler Murray's interception rate goes up tremendously the second half of the season compared to the first half. That is preparation or lack of preparation. And no, I'm not going to blame most of this season on Kyler Murray. Because again, he is projected not to be here most of the season. But what I will do is say that I believe if Kyler Murray was a better leader, a lot of these stories that you're hearing out of uh, Arizona would not be the case. Because I think, I mean... Look at all the teams that that have a solid leader. And it does again, it doesn't have to be the quarterback position. Look at the look at the Rams. We just talked about that. Why yes, I don't project the Rams to be that good. But Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald is their leader. You don't hear much dysfunction in that team. Yeah, they may not be that good, but you don't hear that much dysfunction. Jalen Hurts. You don't hear that you don't hear much of any dysfunction actually for the for the Eagles. Hell, don't get me wrong, man. I don't I don't think he's that good as good as people say, but you don't hear much dysfunction out of the Cowboys organization. I don't think I don't think that Dak Prescott is that good of a of a quarterback as people are saying, but you don't hear that much dysfunction. Yeah, I know people will bring up the video with them and Trayvon, Tray, Trayvon Diggs, but it happens in practice all the time. What I'm saying is, hell, you don't hear much dysfunction in, in Kansas City. Uh, hell, Baltimore, even though Lamar Jackson did what he did and, and held out to get his money. That's the only pretty much dysfunction you've you've heard. What I'm saying is this, and this is this is where I'll conclude, man. Since Kyler Murray has got there, gotten there. Most of what we've heard from this Arizona Cardinals team has been dysfunction. And for a player as good as Kyler Murray, that should not be the case. 
And while I think that, yes, this Arizona Cardinals team will be very bad next year because Kyler Murray's not going to play most of the year due to recover, you know, recovering from an ACL tear or meniscus tear or something. But even with Kyler Murray, I don't see much success for this team. It's not all on Kyler Murray how it was built and, and, you know, the construction of the team. All you can do is control what you can control. And with a team led by Kyler Murray, it doesn't seem like the Arizona Cardinals has much leadership. And that I can put on Kyler Murray. Now, again, I could be very wrong. Kyler Murray can be the greatest leader. Kyler Murray can can be the greatest uh, locker room presence. I could be very wrong. But there's a reason why you don't really hear him. Hell, wasn't there a, a organization poll and ranking? And I think the Arizona Cardinals finished like close to last, if not last. That's right. There's a reason for that. And there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I truly, truly, truly appreciate you guys. Um, if you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. They have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Uh, get your unpopular podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers. I'm I'm nearly a hundred away. So anything would help. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. Subscribe if you can. Tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe. Um, also, subscribe to the or follow the socials. Follow to uh, Instagram. Follow TikTok. I post pretty much daily on both YouTube and and uh my socials so you'll never really miss content uh and yeah man i truly truly appreciate you guys and until next time much love